calamity, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And Robin's son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing interview podcast number something something. We are just recording heaps of them at the moment, so you're going to get them in whatever order you want. But today, I am Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I'm joined by Braden Martin, as always. But we have Alex Burgoyne here tonight. Did I pronounce that right? Just off the start. Um, I mean, almost. Uh, Bergeron is uh, Bergeron. my last name. Bergeron. Bergeron. We'll say it five times. We'll get it right. <laughs> How are you, mate? Welcome. Pretty good. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Uh, good. I've actually got power this week. We tried to record this last week and the council decided to tear down my power poles for a day. So we didn't get to do it. But whereabouts in the world are you right now, Alex? Uh, I'm from Quebec, Canada, uh, actually uh, in Drummondville. So uh, it's about an hour and a half away from Montreal and uh, the United States border. In the middle of summer. So you, you, are you complaining how hot it is over there right now? Yeah, it's uh, in Celsius. It's always every day, uh, close to 30 Celsius every day. And how do you go with a winter over there? Like my friend's from, uh, she works at uh, Port Mac, uh, Fort Mac, and like she's trying to get us over there. And it's, yeah, come in winter for Christmas and it's like negative whatever. And I'll go, no, nah, I'm not doing that. How do you go with winter? Uh, it's it's really difficult in the uh, transition, um, especially when we go, you know, fall into winter. Uh, but once we get used to the cold weather, it, it's okay after that. But um, it's just a transition after we get used to it, you know, and we've been doing this, you know, since everyone is born here, you know. So it's, uh, we just have to adapt ourselves, really. Yeah, cool. Now, let explain to our listeners. We'll get into actual podcast now. Uh, explain to us who Alex is. Well, I'm uh, 20, 21 years old uh, from Quebec, Canada, and uh, you know I, I started sim racing when I was five years old uh, and very young, actually. Uh, my dad used to race in real life, uh, dirt modifieds at local racetracks around here, and uh, he basically. Uh, made me uh, start racing and, uh, you know, never let off of it. And, uh, you know, went through a lot of sim racing games, simulators, actually back in the day, uh, there were more games than, uh, I racing right now. So, uh, it was uh, a bit different, but I learned my, uh, my path there. And, uh, after that end up in 2012, 2013, uh, made my way through I racing and, uh, made my, my ladders. So I went from, uh, rookie and, uh, made my way like everyone else did. And, uh, here we are now, you know, uh, the last eight years has been a blast. Uh, I've been in the top series all across iRacing. The only series I didn't been in is the uh, the endurance class. Yeah, I've been in all the uh, World Championship series, such as the uh, Oval series and the Road series and F1. And uh, you know, I've I've did pretty much everything, and uh, you know, still going back, uh, trying to do everything I can and be in the, the top series. So obviously we, we we met you through Clayton Davies, but you are a world champion. How was that last year? It was very great, you know, and uh, we came off from two other world championships that we won. Uh, so this is our actually our third one that we, we've won this year. Uh, trying to go strong again next year, uh, this season coming up. And, uh, you know, it, it's been really great. You know, I've had a blast doing it. And, you know, it's just this year has been really, really difficult uh, in, in the matter of the competition. Uh, on the track, it was, it was awesome and the racing was great and we were ready for every rounds. But, you know, it, it, the competition was really high and, you know, you can't make any mistakes that level. You know, it's not just like your typical official race or league race. You have to give everything you have and just put everything on the table and bring your best A game. We were just talking, like we just had a bit of a discussion where, you know, our little lowly leagues at the moment, um, there's one of them that we're following at the moment that we've got a team in and there's a lot of biff and barge and it's open wheelers, so it's not really made for that and there's lots of crashes at the moment. Um, close, tight racing. How do you find that in the the world championship races? Like, what's the difference? Is it just more awareness for for those top top level drivers, or just better skills, or what do you, what do you see? It's just that you know, in the uh, world championship series, there's um, you know rules that we have to follow very strictly. Um, if you make an accident, you create an accident, you you cause an accident, you you cause a yellow, anything like that, the sort of type. Uh, you, you get penalized for the points, you know, you, you get points and just like you, your driver's license on the road, you know, you speed up too yeah. much while well, you get a, <laughs> you get points out. Um, well, this is the same thing. Um, you know, you, if you get to a certain amount of points that you create incidents, 
you get penalized for a week. You know, you don't, you can't show up, you can't qualify or anything sort of type like that. Um, so everyone is really trying to be really clean, uh, even though there's going to be sometimes, uh, you know, some, some tangles and people trying to go and race people, other people harder. But, you know, that's just part of the, the race and uh, part of racing, you know, and that's why we have to bring our A game to start in a pole, you know, get a good eat race and, you know, start from the front and never look back because when, as soon as you start in the, in the middle pack and just like, as you see in the, uh, the oval series, the world championship, the, the Porsche sports super cup, when you start a bit further back is really, really, really difficult to move and, uh, move forward. And, uh, I mean, I've done it a couple of times, you know, start further back in the, in the field, but when you do that, you, you, you create yourself some chances of getting wrecked. So it's really not the best way to do it. And that's why you have to go out there and be really confident and, uh, you know, give yourself your best. Yeah, definitely. We're fighting with that at the moment. We're yeah. In, in our little leagues as well, but we're finding, we've got to put heaps more effort into qualifying now because we just see that and if, if you're up front, you've got to clear a run. Uh, so explain to our listeners, what have you won? What are you world champion in? What exactly cars have you uh, have you won at the end? Um, so in the World Championship Series, the three World Championships that I've won, um, you know, that we've won is uh, in the sprint car category. So uh, the two wings on the top of the car and uh, almost 1,000 horsepower. So yes. uh, the weight ratio is almost like a F1 car, if not bigger. Um, so it's really uh, a quick car to go around the racetrack. So a super small racetrack, uh, we're talking three, eight miles, um, half mile, you know, really, really small racetracks. Um, when you go to the likes of Kokomo and Fairbury, Lyman, and really, really small racetracks and, uh, you go really quick around those racetracks and that's why you have to be quick on the wheel. Um, but like I said, I, I've done also oval, um, World Championship of NASCAR Pekini Free Series back in the day. Now it is the uh, eNASCAR Coca-Cola Racing Series. Um, I've been there and been really good. I mean, I, I've done great results. Uh, finished a second at Pocono in 2017. Got fourth in 2018 at uh, Sonoma. And um, you know, all, the, all the likes of uh, Michael Conti, Ray Alfala, um, you know, Keegan Lee, all those guys you know, I competed with. And uh, you know, after that, I really put myself to work on the, the dirt oval. You know, this is where uh, my heart is. Uh, I've always been wanting to do that. And, you know, with the in the actual oval stuff and, um, you know, road, is, it takes a lot of setup and takes a lot of uh, help on that. And you have to get big teams and have everyone try to help you as much as possible. And uh, where on dirt, you know, you could be a very small team. Like we are a team of Sports. We're only a three-member team. And uh, we compete wow. against the guys that were 10, 11 guys in their team. It is definitely uh, something to <laughs> to say after that. You know, you achieve something that big uh, with a super small team is uh, something you'd be proud of. How do you find the dirt community over over where you guys are? We've had a bit of drama throughout our dirt community um, in in Australia to the point where a lot of the leagues have actually shut down. How do you find the, the I guess the personalities and the the different people and maybe what's like the grassroots dirt leagues like um, over over in Canada or US I guess. Yeah, so I mean over here um, in Canada there's very few leagues um, and they're actually you know there's only one or two I think. Um, I might mistake that, but um, I, I don't. I don't see much of the leagues here. Um, you know, there's much more in the America, uh, actually North America and the USA and United States, because um, of course we're part of North America as well. But uh, in the US, is uh, definitely uh, a lot of leagues. We like uh, Dirt Slingers Racing League. Uh, we have Apex Racing League. Uh, we have multiple categories as well. We have the late models, um, the sprint cars, and the modifieds, and everything else like that. But, you know, the community is, is really great. I mean, um, there, there's a bit of drama sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's part of racing, you know, and every sort of section of racing, there's going to be um, a bit of things happening there and there. But, you know, you have to move on and, you know, just look ahead and, and stay strong and, uh, you know, look at what you want to do. Now, Alex, you mentioned you got into racing through your dad. What was that like growing up with a father who was actually a race car driver like did, did you go to all the races were you always tinkering with cars all that kind of stuff and, and what what was he actually racing um so he was racing uh dirt northeast modifieds so um just like the new cars the Adam and i racing a couple months ago uh yeah. so the, it's not the ump modifieds it's the other ones uh, used to race this uh here locally uh back in the day so 1985 and so on um not for too long uh but he, he did so 
uh, I was able to try to follow his path, you know, and uh, I, I felt the love for sprint cars. Uh, the reason why to this is um, as, as a younger kid, you know, I, I watched the sprint cars. Uh, they were coming here only two or three times a year, not even, um, you know, in our country. So uh, where you're at actually locally. So they were not coming here you know, that very often. So, you know, to be able to see those cars go around the corners, uh, especially, uh, you know, at our local racetrack, uh, Gremby, uh, it's a super long racetracks. Uh, and you get into the corner, I don't know how much speed it's, it's so quick. And, and just in a 360 sprint car, we, uh, we only had the 410 sprint car here a couple of times, um, that came here. The actual Wolvalas came to our local racetracks. Um, but the 360 sprint car, so the actual series I'm racing in, in real life, the Empire Super Sprint Series, they, uh, they run here a couple times a year. And, uh, as a younger kid, you know, I got hooked on that and, uh, I was told my dad, you know, I want to do sprint cars, you know, and, uh, here we are, that's what we're, we're trying to do and trying to focus on. But, you know, as, as my dad, you know, he always, uh, always pushed me and always did everything, uh, to make me uh, grow in, into the racing world. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of techniques and stuff like that as a, as a younger kid and trying to learn through, you know, the, all the other simulators. And basically, I made my way through the simulators, you know, uh, being a, a family that we don't have a lot of money. Uh, it's really, really difficult. Uh, but with iRacing, definitely helped me uh, grow and, and, you know, get to know a lot of people, you know, help the Wall of Outlaw guys the last year and, uh, you know, go in the U.S., help racing teams. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. Do you get that on the simulator? How does he? How does he go on on um, on the sim compared to real life? <laughs> well, he he done it a little bit. Um, you know, only a couple times. You uh, loved you loved it, but uh, you know, he doesn't have much time to do it. And uh, it's it's different in real life, of course. Uh, for him back in the day to now, it's, it's the technology is it's so much higher, and uh, it's it's totally different. Uh, but for myself to to be able to race in real life, and uh, I. I've, so raced in real life, uh, you know, a couple of races and, uh, tried a 305 sprint car, 360, a 410. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's, iRacing is, is the way to go. It's just so close to what it is in, in real life to what you see. And if you get to feel what you see through your foot and, uh, you know, your feet, your, your brain, everything together, it, it's almost like you're right there. So, uh, when you get that little matching point there, it's, uh, it's just like if you're in the real race car. Let's go. Let's go there. What have you got? What's your rig at home that you you currently use? Uh, so right now I got um, triple monitors. I also have a uh, Oculus Rift that I run on. Um, you know, I got also the AccuForce, and um, you know, I used to race a lot of the G twenty nine as well. Um, but you know, I, I switch back and forth. You know, it's it's it doesn't really matter. You know, it's just. Uh, you know, it's, it's when I raced uh, asphalt sometimes, I use the AccuForce and under, I use the G29 as well. Um, so it's just flip flop sometimes. Uh, I also have, um, you know, the HPP or sorry, the MPPC pedals. They're no longer on the on the market, but they are pedals that, you know, Michael Connie used to uh, run back in the day as well and, and stuff like that. So I have pretty good equipment, but it's all homemade, you know, the, the rig and me and my dad built it. Um, you know, it's nothing that we bought on the market. It's uh, all made. You know, the stand, the chair, the actual chair I sit on, the, the seat is a old truck seat that uh, I've had when I was actually racing on the, the old simulators and the old games. So I was able to keep that rig and, you know, since the longest of time. It, so you've talked about you since you were five. What what game, what, do you remember the first game you were playing or first simulator slash game? Yeah, so uh, definitely Gran Turismo was the first one. Yeah. Um, you know, I was actually hooked on, on road racing and you know, and all kind of racing, you know, everything with a, an engine and four wheels. <laughs> so, you know, Gran Turismo was one of, one of those and all the, you know, from Gran Turismo three to four or five. And after that, I didn't touch the sixth and, and you know, yeah. I didn't know if there's even a seven now. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I don't think so. Next I think yeah. Yeah. I think it's a GT sport now. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, you know, I didn't I didn't touch any of those. Um, I, I stopped at the five, at the fifth one, um, yep. and then I did uh, Dirty Daytona. That is a uh, a very old uh, game, um, and that was from dirt to asphalt. And you were yep. doing uh, four categories. You were doing uh, street stocks, and then you were moved to uh, the 
SK Modifieds that you can see on iRacing to yeah. uh, the trucks and the cup cars. And I uh, did that. And then also the the game that was really the, the most popular for myself, uh, it was definitely the Wolvalos game, uh, 2002 um, you know, by Radbag. Uh, that was uh, the best simulator back in the day on PlayStation 2. So I had my wheel, Mad Cat's wheel with uh, two little pedals and plastic. And you, you had to put the wheel on your, on your lap and uh, race. And it was just such a good time. I remember yeah, having one of those wheels back in the day and yeah. it really turned me off using this steering wheel because like you just couldn't get anything from it and I just found I spun. I remember trying to use them with like, for us, it would have been the old V8 supercar games and um, I just remember it feeling like it was impossible to drive and then when I finally dove into iRacing, it was like, wow, technology has come a long way. <laughs> it was completely different. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm just looking up Dirt to Daytona now because that really interests me. It's like a, a game that I, I've talked about a couple of times, which was Andretti Racing uh, that had that same progression. 85% on Metacritic. Metacritic looks really good. I'll have to check out some videos on that later. So Yeah, it was a really big hit for a lot of people. And uh, a lot of people on the dirt, dirt racing scene will, will talk about this game for sure. Nice. I'll have to look into that a bit more. So you're five years old. You got a Mad Cat steering wheel in front of you. You're playing Gran Turismo three. That's where it all started. Yes. Yeah. So what's the difference? Like you've progressed over that time. Were you just using that, like the the Mad Cats or a Logitech steering wheel until you decided to take it more seriously with iRacing, racing, like seven or five or six, seven years ago, or was it a gradual progression that your father got you some more stuff to to try and get you a bit more invested in it? Well, it's as soon as we were able to to know about it because I uh, got to know iRacing from a racing magazine, and uh, it was just a in the middle of the magazine. Uh, it was just iRacing, and then you had the, the old trucks on there and very pixelized, and uh, it was saying you know that you can't get hurt on it and stuff like that. Like it was really a, a nice magazine, and uh, I told my dad about it, and I was like, you know, this is this is awesome. Maybe we could try to move over that and um you know it took a bit of time because we're trying to learn more a bit from that and back in the day i mean my dad was making me watch some uh racing in english um and i that's is where i learned my english and this is how i'm able to talk right now um you know after school and stuff like that uh so learn english in, in high school but um i i really got started young and trying to speak english because i i knew that you know, and my dad told me, if you want to go far, you have to be able to speak English. You know, if you don't do that, then, you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to, you know, make your way through racing in other countries and, and anything else. So, you know, like right now, I'm able to talk to you guys. And, uh, you know, if I wouldn't speak English, I wouldn't be able to do it. So, you know, it's 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 awesome to see that I was able to do this and really keep focused on my goals. You know, I never uh, drift out of my goals. I'm still after it and uh never gonna give up on it so really it's uh it's it's a path that we did and you know up to whenever we switched to iRacing is when um i said i really want to be doing this you know because a lot of the guys that were you know doing dirt to daytona or stuff like that they went to uh, iRacing and um just like r factor when people are doing r factor they've switched to iRacing because it's the it's the new the new levels the new the new thing the new program to run is this everyone switched to it and uh you know, I'm sure it's, uh, it's the right path. So obviously you touched a little bit there on, on you know, wanting to follow follow some goals. What, what are your current goals? Obviously to try and retain that world championship in, in the dirt side, but do you have any other goals for for real life motorsport or, or for any other series that, you, that you're running? Yeah, of course. You know, it's my goal is to, to be able to, you know, pursue my career in real life as much as possible because that's what I want to do. But I also want to follow up on iRacing and, and my sim racing career because I it, it took to the point of you just running iRacing for a hobby to running it professionally and, uh, you know, running your team, you know, professionally, you know, and you're making a living from it. So it's a completely different mindset than just someone who's having fun on iRacing where this is right now a completely different different game you know this is this is a simulator this is this is almost like real life you know but for myself I, I definitely want to pursue my career in real life racing in the spring car category um as i'm of course getting old you know you, you have less opportunity in road racing especially for example of f1 or you know yeah. sort of things like this you know you got to be in the right spot the right time at a young age and yeah. of course having a short amount of money is is 
almost impossible. Um, so it's the point where in sprint car racing, you could be 30 years old, you could be 35 years old, you could be 18, you could be any sort of age and you could have a, a partnership or a sponsorship or someone wanting to help you promote your career in the real life in the, that sport, um, such as the World of Outlaws, the All-Star Circuit of Champions and all those sort of series is my goal. I want to be in those series, you know, in the next couple of years, hopefully, um, you know, anytime really, uh, that is my dream is my goal is what I want to do uh, as a team. This is, this is what we want to end up. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep working hard for it and we're going to keep doing what we have to do to, you know, get to it. It might take a couple of years because, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. Everyone's going to say the same thing. It's just got to be at the right spot at the right time. And I've had opportunities to do everything, um, to go a race. I, I raced a 305. I, I brought him a trophy in my first real life race, our charter award, uh, 18 to six in my first ever real life race, um, by virtual to reality TV. They, uh, they brought me to the real life uh, sprint cars. And, uh, after that, you know, I, I try to get as many opportunities as I could get. I did everything I, I had to do. I gave, I gave my 150% and, uh, you know, we're just trying to do everything we can now to go on our own and, uh, try to find some partnerships and try to find some people that, you know, wants us to, to go higher. What was that first race like? It must've been pretty intimidating. <laughs> A little bit, you know, especially, uh, when we took the plane, it was four hours away. It was in, in Moncton, uh, Canada. So we took the plane to go there and, uh, you know, do, do all that and get there, do a, only a few practice laps, uh, not a lot of laps, get comfortable in the car in the seat. And, um, I was actually sitting too low in that first night. So it was definitely a, a struggle a bit to be able to see, you know, and the tear offs and, and everything like that. But second night was really awesome. You know, it was very great. And, uh, we started very far back, but we made our way through, uh, we passed a lot of cars and, uh, we made moves the bottom to top and you know, 305 is pretty much just like I racing. You got to keep the momentum. You know, you can't have the car too sideways. And as soon as I, got that feeling of just like I racing, you, you got to keep it straight and you know the tv the cameras you know we we actually went to almost like a, a tv show it was more like uh the news the news channel we appeared on the news channel and then munton and um you know all that so you get to from i racing to an absolute star on on the tv and um after that when you drop back and you don't have any more opportunity it, it feels it feels weird you know and when you're at the top level it's it's really hard to fall back and so that's why i keep working hard and um that's why we're gonna we're gonna get back up there at what point between five and now do you think this hobby could actually become something or, or was it just a drive from the start? Like obviously kids, young age, my kid wants to be a race car driver as well. Um, where was the point where it became serious for you? Definitely. Uh, as soon as I uh, made it to uh, the top oval series on asphalt is when I knew that I I'm there, you know, and I'm there where a lot of people can't, can't even be, you know, because yeah. there's so many people in iRacing. There's so many you know, drivers and some drivers, you know, they, they will never get an interview and some drivers will never finish in the top three in the race. It is really difficult. This is when I knew that I'm able to do this. And I remember my first race that I did is a broadcasted race in, uh, in Xfinity cars that we call them now. It was back in the day. It was a nationwide series, uh, Iowa. That was the first race. And I think it was 2014, 2015, I was uh, 14 years old. Um, I, I barely could speak English. I was speaking good, but it was, just, uh, it was a really high-pitched uh, young kid. <laughs> yeah. um, so a lot of people would pick on me because of that, and just you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's how it is. Uh, and I actually got fourth in the race, and um, I actually made my way to the team speak to get an interview, even though I didn't finish top three. Right. So yeah. I still made my way to the interview booth to see if maybe I could get an interview. And they actually brought me in the interview on the broadcast. And it's actually, you know, it was broadcasted on iRacing. And I never expected that. And I finished fourth in that race. And um, I started speaking English. And, uh, you know, it was awesome to, to be able to do that. And it was all big guys that were running now that they're in the actual, you know, top series now that I raced against them. Uh, and this is when I knew that I, I got to do this. And I know I can do this. And no dirt racing was involved back then. So I was trying to make my way through the pavement section and i knew that if i would do great then i could end up you know 
anywhere and maybe a real life ride or anything like that because there's so many opportunities there's so many things we've seen ray alfala uh we've seen uh martin Kronke and uh you know gregor utu get rides in real life you know formulas and um you know the lower formula cars and all that and i've seen that and i've seen that happen i'm like i gotta do this because i know i can do it and so uh we done it you know we we're able to go in the first year diary racing came out i did all the the right things i had to do and we won races, a lot of races broadcasted. I don't know how many races that we've won. We've won so many races, and um, I can't thank you know Team Team VLR. They they brought me in that first year to that level, and um, you know it's it's pretty much the reason why I'm here to now because without them, you know, I couldn't I couldn't have done this. Um, but you know it's just whenever we've done that and we're able to have the, the real life opportunity and I made, I made the most out of it and uh, I'm very, very proud of it and very thankful for everything that I've done so far and everyone that helped me out. So you've, you've been at the top since a very young age. I assume at that age, I think we're talking about someone else just recently, you never really have nerves or think, you know, what am I doing here? Has there ever been a point either in real life or, or online racing where you just got nervous or do you get nervous? Yeah, I mean it's it's good nerves, you know. You you get yeah. nervous, but it's actually a, a good way to uh, promote your you know your racing to help your your racing program in a way when you're at the the track, you know, or uh, in eye racing, you, you get the stress, but it's good stress. You know, you're stressed out just like a world championship race when you get in and you're about to go qualifying. You don't know where the line is really, but you're you're your sense, your brain is going to do it by itself. And uh, it's really hard to explain. And as a coach myself for ABR Setup Shop, it's uh, really difficult to explain to, to people to do that. Um, but I'm doing my best to really explain the things and what to do and everything of the sort. But it, it's really hard to explain what to do because it's just – it's a good stress. You know, you get that stress, but as soon as you get bad stress, this is when it starts to go bad because you, you don't have control of your body. You don't have control of your arms, your muscle memory, you know, it's all that sort of stuff. You, you gotta, you gotta be in control. As soon as you're not in control, you start losing the timeline of the race. You start losing, you know, your, your sense, you know, you, so you gotta always stay up to date and, uh, you know, just stay hydrated throughout the races and all that sort of stuff. Just like you see in the, in the actual professionals on, on road, oval, they're all going to say the same thing. You mentioned that you are doing some coaching. What's, what, what does that entail? And what, I guess what, what do you see most people when they come to you for coaching? What's sort of the first things that you're able to start working on them with? Definitely uh, the, the main thing on dirt racing is how to run the slick um, because we all know that uh, a slick racetrack is part of dirt racing. As the night goes on, you know, di- differently from asphalt where the track gets rubber, you know, early. Uh, mm-hmm. where a, a dirt track is is slowly, slowly working its way through the rubber at the end. Uh, that's after that the track has been worn in. Uh, and when that transition happens, this is when you have to know how to control and how to gauge your throttle control. And that means from 50 to 55%, as an example, if you are at 50% instead of being at 55, well, you're not enough throttle. And if you're at 60 instead of 55 that's, you know, too much throttle. And then it, it, that's so on, you know, you got to be at the right spot, at the right time. And all, all this, this thing comes from your brain because your brain gives give yourself well, the, the action to get on the throttle, get off the throttle, get on the brake and turn the wheel at the same time and so on. So that is the first thing a lot of people will ask me. And this is when I come and help, you know, um, and there's so many things after that, you know, how to run lines and how to do this, do this and do that and uh, how to get set up with the graphic settings, the wheel settings, and all the, all the things that requires to, you know, be all set up perfectly to be fast because you can't be fast if you don't have everything together. If you have one thing and you don't have the other, then you're going to be half fast, and that's not good. So you got to have everything together, and that's what I'm here for, and that's why uh, I'm, I'm here to, to help people out. I've got, out of all that, I've, I've got many questions going through my mind, but I want to quickly <laughs> touch on the coaching just quickly again. What how how rewarding is it to sit there and you know explain to someone how this is how you probably should do it and then see that improvement uh, over time well it's definitely awesome to be doing that you know it's also a plus to our professional racing team uh, on esports as well um it's it's definitely uh you know i i make my living off of this you know it's uh my work it's my job um uh, i'm a i'm a coach <laughs> so uh i do that 
uh, it's definitely rewarding into also the fact that if people are doing great, um, it, it gives myself confidence to keep going because I know yeah. that a lot of people that keeps working hard, just like how I did, will end up somewhere very, very awesome that they will like and they will enjoy. And the fact that when people get to that level of, well, I'm so good, I, I, I can do this, they never want to come back. You know, they never want to come back lower. And that yep. drive that you, when you get there, as soon as you have that drive, you, you never lose it. So it's to get them to get to that point. And after that, it's, it's easier for them. So it, it's just to get them the drive of what I have to go through because it's, you know, it's, I'm not just doing this for the fun of it. I do this because I, I win money from it and I, I, this is my drive. I make a living from it, you know, and back in the day when, when we didn't have the set up shop, maybe your set shop, you know, we, uh, run races. And if I, if I wouldn't run the race, well, that's not the money I have, you know, so I have to keep going because let's say next week I'm not gonna be able to eat, you know? So <laughs> it's, I feel like I can put my talent to the work instead of going to work at a, you know, eight to five, you know, I'd rather be doing what I love. And I know I can pursue my career in this if I put all the effort and, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a big thing to do. And we've seen guys like Josh Rogers and, and Australia going from Australia to uh, Germany to race professionally in sim racer. Uh, we've seen so many drivers do that in the past couple months, couple you know years to last two years that it gives me a confidence because I know that the switch I made was the right one. As soon as I got done with high school, I knew exactly what I want to do. And, you know, there's nothing else I want to do. I want to drive a race car and you're not going to do, you know, you know, anything else. That's what you want to do. So um, I'm able to make a living from this and also do what I love. So I'm going to keep doing it. So can I go a little bit personal for a second? You've mentioned a couple times about you uh, you didn't have a lot of money growing up. You just mentioned before about, you know, winning meant you got food on the table. I know it's probably a little bit of a stretch, but how much of not having stuff in your childhood led you to drive to be even more as successful as you are now it, it's just the drive of be able to win is the, the main one you know it's not yep. just the first one the first one is not money you know it's to, yep. to be able to win and then after okay. that the money comes in um uh, to be able to you know eat you know and uh pay the bills and, and stuff like that and help my family out and um everything else but uh it's the drive to win is the first thing that really got me you know as a kid you know i was just driving against the ai on gran turismo and if i wouldn't win well i was mad at myself and <laughs> yeah. uh at that point it that's in a way it's not a good thing because you're not actually having fun but that little drive that i had it got even bigger now you know and right now if i if i don't win a race then i'm just you know just telling myself what well, what should i have done better or what could have i done you know and then i use that drive for the next race where i'm not going to make that same mistake again because i'm going to be able to win the race and uh it all comes down to that and um you know of course be able to to do this professionally is, is awesome and yeah. once you get to that point you you got to make everything right to keep your license because it's it's really not easy to keep it uh you can't fall back out of top 15 in points um in, in the world championship series on dirt uh, such yeah. as other uh, world championship. I think the Porsche sports is top 20 um, and rally cross is, is top 14 or top 20. I'm not sure exactly. I think it's top 20 or top 15 or top 10. I don't know, but you know, it's, it's, it's all the, the fact of once you're there, you got to push yourself harder and harder every year to be able to achieve your goals because the competition rises up. Everybody is just there to get at you. They're there to beat you. And for me, it's, it's just, it's it's a plus it's it's that's what pushes me to be better you know if i wouldn't have that i probably wouldn't push myself so i wanted to get onto something before and i'll, I'll bring it up now a, a week leading up to a champion world championship race what's that look like for you like what training are you putting in are you are you stopped coaching like mentally like what what mental work do you put in to, to lead up to a week uh of race day honestly i'll be really honest with you and uh, you guys is um when you practice is not the amount of time you practice is how good you practice. Um, so you could practice only two hours during a week. It wouldn't be perfect. But if you, if that two hours you practice literally everything that you have to practice during the week, you'd be pretty much ready. 
Um, so it depends on how much you want to stretch it out. So as soon as the race is over, most of the time as a team, we're going to start practicing for the next race. Uh, but we're not going to practice hard. We're just going to run laps, talk about the race, um, especially if it went well, then it's awesome to practice. If it didn't go well, um, which is, is rare that it doesn't go well, uh, but when it doesn't go well, well, we tried to learn what could have done better, look at the replay, see what we could do better um, and see everything, just like the real life teams. You know, they look at, you know, stuff to, to better themselves and make them better. Uh, it's the same way. So same thing as the most professional teams on iRacing. It's the same way on asphalt road. They do that. And so we do the same thing for dirt. Uh, it, it might be uh, a bit a lower class, but it's the same amount of work. It's the same amount of everything. It's the top class on dirt racing. So it is, uh, it's a lot of work, but when you stretch the work out during the week, you do uh, one day and you, you know, either do every day or you try to do a little bit by a little bit is whenever you get ready. And then of course, when you get to the race, everything is ready. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, how to change the setup on, on the day before or anything like that. Everything is ready. So by the weekend before the race on Mondays, you know, everything's ready. So the car is ready, you know, all the, the changes are done and your mindset is ready as well. So you just have to strap in basically on Monday and just go win the race. Are you practicing on that day, like right up to the thing, or you you like you're just in the mindset of we're done, we're ready. I've just got to do it now. Yeah, it's most it's most likely to just to warm up, you know. Um, and I'm going to talk about it again. Just like the road racing, the guys are already ready before the race day. Yeah. Uh, they just warm up, and it's almost like when you you're training, you know, you, you lift weights. It's the same way. You just you know you get a warm up yourself. So it's the same way. You just got to warm up before the race. And after that, you're, you're ready to go, you know, and you don't want to get too much stress on your back unless during the week, you could not get the car to be set up the way you wanted. You had issues during the week, then it's a bit different. You're going to try to rush everything as much as possible. And you work very hard throughout the week. If it doesn't go well, if the practice doesn't go well, well, you got to work even harder. Uh, but when you're in the right momentum and you're in the right path of the setup, it, it's easier but when you, you start to go a bit away of your pattern of how you do everything it's when you you have to come back to your baseline and, and work again on it you know it, you just cannot you know go too much away or you know, not try enough you got to try everything you got to try everything you put in the work how much do you put down to being in like the, the people around you the, the team that you're in to your obviously you've got the drive and you've got the goals and you're hitting the goals but how much does that team play into to reaching those goals uh very hard uh we're a small team team very sports um it's consisted of my girlfriend rebecca millet uh she's also racing on sundays and uh uh, uh, Wolf Thunder Racing League um, that we sponsor actually, but there's around 60 to 70 cars every week, and she's re really doing great. And uh, you know, she takes care of everything uh, for the team and uh, as much as possible. Uh, everything she's, she's really supportive, and she's doing a lot for this race team and a lot for the setup shop and, and everything like that. I couldn't I couldn't be doing it without her, that's for sure. Um, but she helps to practice as well and uh, get everything right. And uh, she's a big part into the team. Uh, I also have uh, my longtime uh, teammate, Jason Nygaard, who is uh, very, very quick on the racetrack that helps to, to practice myself and uh, uh, Rebecca as well. But, uh, you know, it's, it's during the week we're going to practice and get, get the things down that we have to. And uh, whenever, uh, you know, I, sometimes I'm going to practice by myself to be in my bubble and uh, get everything right and uh, get that feel of I got to be in the right mindset. And, uh, you know, just there's things you got to do, you know, to, to be good. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you have to practice as a team, but sometimes you have to practice it by yourself as well. Yeah. How much friendly competition is there between you and Rebecca? When you, get out uh, you know, honestly, I, I can't wait for her to beat me uh, because <laughs> at that point, you know, we're going to be uh, on top of the world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so uh, yeah. yeah, I've had some questions come in from my mate, as I said before the podcast. He wanted to know, so we've we've touched on why you're in Dirt Oval, but what are the other ones that really jump out at you? Like what, what are the, the disciplines that you enjoy the most outside of Dirt? Um, it'd be honestly Oval uh, or Road, uh, either one of them or even Rallycross. It'd be honestly, I would put them all on the equal level. Yeah. Uh, after Dirt, Dirt is definitely on the top, but they're not very far down the road. Uh, if you'd give me any opportunity to go real race real life on road or asphalt rallycross or, 
sport and even on iRacing, I would do it. You know, it, like I said, I like everything, um, you know, related to race cars, you know, anything, you know, it's just, just the sound of the car, you know, just the, the fuel, the smell, everything. It's just the, the, the way you, you feel and you, you're surrounded by cars and, uh, you know, how it shakes and just the adrenaline that you have from it is, a lot of people say that's like a drug and it's true, you know, because you can never get away from it. It literally, it's, it's, it's true. It's really true. <laughs> Do you get that just by going to race meets just to watch the spectator as well? Absolutely. I mean, after a while, you know, once you, that's the thing, once you've been part of it, like myself, I've, I've raced and yeah. I've drove a 410, I've drove a 360, a 305. I've been part of the races. I've been in the pits, like, you know, with the trailer, the truck, um, you know, it, it's definitely different, you know, where if you're just uh, watching, when you go back to just watch, it's, it's totally different. And uh, it's almost like you, you feel empty and you feel like you're not part of it. And um, it that's what hurts me the most is uh, to not be able to be there uh, once you've been to where you're the show. It's it's definitely uh, the most hurtful thing that, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's definitely hurtful. <laughs> uh, so... You got a favorite car track combo that you like to, you know, just if you just want to get away from everything, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to jump in and do this. Is there anything like that you got? Um, you mean more like uh, what's my favorite uh, car and track combo? Yeah. Um, so definitely a lot of people would say the same thing, and I, I'm sure I, I wouldn't even have to, to say it, and a lot of people would be able to answer this, but uh, definitely the four tens and Williams Grove is uh, my favorite combo. Um, you know, I, I've won so many races there and, uh, I'm so comfortable running the bottom and in the top everywhere, you know, I'm just having fun that track. Um, the fun, the fun fact about this is that on that Will of Outlaws game, 2002, yeah. uh, this was my favorite racetrack and, uh, <laughs> I was running there literally every day. And, uh, I think my, uh, my wheel, my Mad Cat's wheel, um, the actual yellow one, uh, is definitely broken because of that track, uh, running it too much. So... That's fair. Now, I know we've only got you for about 45 minutes. Are we approaching on that is what I'm trying to work out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. okay. You know, we can, can keep going, but, uh, you know, in a couple of minutes, we'll, uh, okay. we'll round it up. So w- what have you got lined up for the future? Like, are, are you getting prepared now for Rallycross? Is that what you're, you're getting ready for? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually ran today the, the qualifying uh, series, and yep. I actually didn't know about it until uh, two <laughs> hours before the race. I was actually in a coaching today, and um, you know, I was looking through the, the forums after and seeing that the qualifying series was starting today at 5 o'clock. And uh, <laughs> I had to rush everything, uh, trying to get the car ready in about an hour and a half, and uh, ended up being right now seventh overall in the championship. So there's about I think six rounds left, or five or six rounds left. So yeah. we try to do our best the next uh, next round, but uh, we're in third split, I think. So it was it was okay, but we're with uh, Kevin Ellis Jr., who was uh, part mm-hmm. of uh, Apex Racing UK and uh, Apex Racing. So uh, he's definitely quick. He pulled away from me, um, but we'll we'll <laughs> we'll definitely work hard and uh, do everything we can to uh, to maybe make it in. If we don't make it in, it's no big deal. Yeah. But we're gonna try everything we can. I think that was one of my uh, most uh, exciting parts of my streams when I was started doing iRacing was when he popped into my stream and started talking to me as I was doing Rallycross. And I'm like, I'm not worthy. Sorry, this is terrible driving. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> yeah, for he's really quick. He is. And yeah, he's, he's a really quick as well. So uh, it, I just, I want to find out more about you, mate. I, what have you got planned? Like outside of iRacing, I know we didn't want to go two person, but what, what gets you just um, like, get you away from it like what's what's the thing outside of racing that you do uh sometimes just to watch a series uh, a little bit or um just watch youtube videos and just take time with rebecca you know i definitely try to take time outside of racing um and you know there's also things that you know that i we have to take care of my grandparents my grandmother um here and uh you know it's just they're getting old you know so we have to take care yeah. of them and uh, do our best and uh you know everything else you know just trying to take a bit of time and, and when we can because this schedule is really really difficult uh, we have a lot of customers and a lot of people that supports us and uh, we have also to support them you know so it's uh, it's almost a 20 24 7 work uh, always got to be there for for your people that support you and um, that's how I see it and that's how we that's how we work it out what's the best thing about growing up in Canada 
um, you know, you you have a lot of things that you know the government will support you, uh, healthcare um, and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like we're in a free country as well. Um, yep. You know, we're we're definitely a lot of things that you know we're allowed to do, and um, you know, it's just I'm not too too on that side. You know, I I, I don't really. Uh, know about a lot of things uh other than uh i racing and racing and uh, stuff like that but um definitely know that we're definitely living in a nice country um and i'm sure you guys are, do also and um you know it's it's i think it's uh it's great to live here we we can uh see different um uh, state of weather <laughs> uh snow and we also have uh, winter racing here we have uh you know cars on snow that we that people race uh and there's there's also racing anytime you know, during the year, uh, either it's on snow or, you know, on dirt, everything, uh, four wheelers, uh, motocross, everything. So, um, I don't know if you guys have a bit of snow over there. Uh, not here where I am. Uh, Braden maybe gets no. thumbs up in the hinterland. No, no, not no. really. No. <laughs> maybe in the mountains, maybe. Yeah. You, you do have to travel to it. Unfortunately. Um, I've never seen it. <laughs> Well, when it gets uh, cold, it's uh, it's it's definitely uh, it's not always a fun thing, but uh, it's it's okay. No, we, we like I said, we we're planning a trip over there one time, and we we're buying thermal underwear and all this other stuff, and I had to wear like seven layers. I said, "Nah, I'm good. We no, I'm not built for this at all." Uh, so, is there anywhere in the world if you can travel to to go race? Like, is there any tracks around the world that you actually want to go race in real life, in particular? Definitely Williams Grove is the first one. Um, I've been there uh, to watch when I was uh, helping Coleman Gulick in his uh, sprint car. Uh, he didn't race on that weekend, but uh, I was um, I was there to, to watch and uh, everything. It's one of the funniest racetracks I've seen. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's just so awesome to be there. And uh, the, the crowds, you know, everyone is still there. You have, uh, you know, it's, the crowds are, it, the crowd is amazing. And uh, I've actually met Nim Cross uh, from iRacing at the track. Um, so he, he actually texted me and everything, and I got to meet him. Um, so I think he is the one who take care of the protest system and everything at yeah. iRacing. So I was able to meet him there. Um, I had such a good time, you know, and I was, I was 18 back then. And, uh, you know, it's just... It's, I, I was young back then, but it's not that's not too far away. You know, it's just three years ago. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we've been told to get him on the podcast, and I really would love to do that. So I need to reach out to him very soon. He's apparently a really good bloke. So look, it, we will start wrapping up. Have you ever like so you you how much hours a week do you put into iRacing in your business? A lot, you know, um, you know, I racing right now, um, you know, as, as practicing, you know, for races, since now there's not a lot of races, uh, barely any, uh, other than the big races, like the, such as the, the spring fling that we just got past it, uh, actually finished second there. Um, and, um, you know, it's one of the biggest races of the year in the super late models. Uh, I think it was, uh, about 12,000 or more than that in purse. Um, so that's, that's a lot of money. Uh, other than those races, uh, not a lot of time. It's more about business. It's just just as much like I said, you know, from nine to six, really, you know, uh, get coaching, and then after those hours, if you know people like uh, you know in Australia, uh, they want to get coaching because I have also a lot of people from uh, Australia getting some coaching, um, such as New Zealand as well. Yep. So you know, it's the totally totally different time zone and um you know I'm, I'm not sure what time is it for you guys right now it's probably in the middle of the day uh, yeah, uh, in the morning okay. so lunch. for yeah. me it's it's nine o'clock at night so yeah. you know it's like i said it's 24 7 and uh it's whenever whatever it happens and i just try to keep my schedule and try to keep everything the the, the right way uh nine to six and just doing what we love doing um you know and that that takes in everything else taking care of the family, taking care of everything, you know, my grandparents and, and just taking care of the, the house, taking care of everything, you know, so it, it's a lot of things to, to take care in. Um, so as, as time wise on iRacing, other than the league races that I, I don't really practice for, whenever it's going to be the world championship uh, season, it's definitely going to be a lot of more time onto the sim to practice. Um, you know, and we'll try to limit as much as possible uh, to that. While keeping going on the coaching and uh, the ABR setup shop as as in general, but it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time during the week. Uh, like I said, nine to six every day of the week, uh, from you know Sunday to Sunday. So yeah. uh, we're never stopping. Never, never, never. 
Crazy. So look, we will wrap it up there. Where can people find you if they want coaching for starters? And, and where can they find you to watch you or keep up with your schedule and where you're going to be racing next and support you? Um, so the, the first thing first is uh, ABR Step Shop. So www.abrstepshop.com. Uh, so that is our website for everything you know related to our racing dirt. Um, so sprint cars, late models, uh, midgets, uh, dirt modified. So everything to related to that, you know, coaching, weekly setups. We also have merchandise. We have nice shirts. We have nice hoodies. Uh, and we have a lot more coming up. So definitely a lot of good things we have on our website and we provide. And uh, we also have our uh, Facebook, um, you know, for Team ABR Esports on Facebook. We have uh, my profile, Racing Bergeron. So on all the social media, uh, you can find myself on Twitter, Instagram, on all the same um, hashtag or uh, hat. So Racing Bergeron 12 or Racing Bergeron or Alex Bergeron. So this is where we're going to find myself. And uh, this is mostly where I'm going to put my races in or uh, what I'm going to race in and my posts and everything like that. But, uh, you know, you can find me in any uh, big races on iRacing on, on broadcast. There's always uh, going to be broadcast, um, you know, on the iRacing webpage, um, sometimes by Ultimate Dirt TV or some other broadcasters. Um, so it, it's it's a pretty uh, pretty big schedule that we have. And uh, a lot of races comes up out of nowhere, just like today, the, the Rallycross World Championship qualifiers came out of nowhere and I had to get ready for that. There's so much work to do. Then, you know, you just you don't have time to get, you know, keep up with everything. And, uh, you know, so that's where you can find us. And uh, so Rebecca Millet on Facebook, uh, myself and uh, everybody, Jason Nygaard as well. So this is our Facebook profiles and, uh, you know, Timmy Berry Sports and abrstepshop.com. That's where it's at. Excellent. Thank you for that. I'll just quickly get Braden to shout out his stuff. What do you got, mate? Yeah, so I don't know. I might, may or may not stream the Aussie car tonight. Not that this necessarily will be out uh, today. No, you, but it'll, it'll be like, yeah. You can always find me at twitch.tv slash the one D Wade or um, having a whinge about something on Twitter at Braden Talks. Sweet. You can find all that stuff at Locked On Lads on Facebook, Locked On Lads on Twitch, Locked On Lads YT on YouTube. Um, also, lockedonlads.com slash discord is the place to go if you want to come in and chat to us and get and get your questions in for the podcast. Um, quickly, shout out to uh, Clayton Davies who put us in touch with you. He's a legend. Um, CD Simtography, go check it out on Facebook if you want some really cool photos done of your dirt racing or any other kind of racing. Hit him up for sure. Look, Alex Bergeron, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute awesome chat and best of luck in all these races you've got coming up. And hopefully we get in touch with you again soon when you win your next world championship. We'll see. We'll, we'll have a bit of a chat, hopefully. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. It was a pleasure to be here. Uh, can't wait to redo it again. If you guys need uh, a guest, I'm always open. Uh, can't Excellent. wait to, to redo it again. So thank you so much, guys. And um, like you mentioned, thank you to Clayton Davies at Citizen Graphy for having me here and uh, getting in touch with you guys. And, uh, you know, without him, it would have been possible. Yeah. Uh, and you guys are incredible. So thank you. No, thank you. And have a good week all. We'll talk to you next week with another new guest. Have a good one. Bye. Drive safe, drive fast.